Welcome to the JT The Brick Show. You know, when you put the silver and black uniform on, you get such a surge of energy. It's time for the JT The Brick Show. And a lot of football players around the country that want to wear that silver and black. JT The Brick. When you talk about the Raiders, everyone knows you talk about the Raiders. On Raider Nation Radio 920 AM, here's your host, JT The Brick. Out of the gate, JT with you in studio today with Bobby. And that's always a good thing on Raider Nation Radio. 9.20 a.m. brought to you by P.T.'s, where if you went to any P.T.'s last night, you saw their Golden Knights vibe as the Golden Knights are up one nothing in the Western Conference Finals. P.T.'s 5-7, to seven, midnight to 2, food, gaming, best happy hour in town, and an official partner of the Vegas Golden Knights. And it's nice to be an official partner now of the Las Vegas Raiders or the Vegas Golden Knights and to watch these Teams move into new stadiums, play in great arenas, play in front of sold-out crowds. Great time to be in Vegas as a sports fan. Hope everybody's doing well today. we got a busy show. Derek Carr and Josh Jacobs spoke today. We will play you those conversations in their entirety because they're not doing much radio. We're going to get radio with them. We'll have them down the road. But what they said today, I believe, is very important especially Derek Carr, and we'll play that coming out of the top of next hour. Eddie Pascal will join us from the Raiders digital team and podcast department at 1240. He was with me today over at minicamp. And Tim Neverett, the voice of the Dodgers, is going to join us, a former Las Vegas resident on his new book with the Dodgers in their championship during COVID. And then the rest of the way is you. The number is 702-365-9200. Yesterday's show... Started off with a Kansas City Chief fan who decapitated the Raider Nation in one phone call. So I would hope that the Raider fans would wake up and maybe want to participate and get this thing going. But I understand it's the summertime. And you'll notice I'm on summertime because I'm working six days a week starting in two months and I don't come up for air till February. So if you want to lay low and listen to the show, treat it like a podcast. I'm happy to do that for you. We'll give you all the content you want. But if you want to come in here flying every day and be heard on this big audience we have on the streaming app from Oakland to Los Angeles to London to the East Coast, sound off like you got a pair. You're Raider fans. You know the access I have. You might know more than me. No secret. You might know more than me. So if you think you know more, drop some knowledge on everybody. I was there today. Got up very early in the morning, as Ed Graney would say, on the mean streets of Summerlin. Got on the road very early. I'm used to being asleep for several hours more to get out to Deep Henderson to go to practice today because they have to practice at 7.30 in the morning because we all live here in Vegas in an oven this time of year, and this week's going to be brutal. Getting out there, the weather was beautiful. 7.38 in the morning. Oh, my God, it was gorgeous. Looking at the mountains in the distance, watching practice, uh, seeing, saying hi to guys I haven't seen in a while, Max Crosby, uh, George Atkinson. But we're under protocol. We're off. We're not walking up to guys giving each other a high five. There are strict rules for the media that have to be there. So I stayed in my lane, and I basically parked myself in front of Tom Cable's group for about 40 minutes. I wanted to really... Look at the offensive line, and they're just running drills. They're just running drills. But a couple of things jumped out at me. First off, the fitness of Leatherwood. He looks really good. And again, he's a big guy. He's a really big guy, but he looked tremendously fit. And watching him run drills and run into pads and work out 
you know, and they're in helmets and they're in shorts. But I was very impressed with his speed off the edge at right tackle. Okay, so looking at the rest of the offensive line with the roster and kind of getting used to what they do and just watching Tom Cable, who runs offensive line drills like a head coach. He'd been doing this forever. So he has these guys moving, 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 moving. Then I slid over to Rod Marinelli and the defensive line, and that gets a little louder because Rod Marinelli's no joke, and he's speaking and he's coaching, and he only has so many minutes with these players on the field. So he is John, and he is moving, and they look good. Matter of fact, I think that defensive line overall with the tackles and the ends hopefully are going to shine this year because they have a lot of depth. I think when we get into cut downs, the most unique thing we're going to all talk about is who's getting cut from the defensive tackles and and who's going to be left in that defensive tackle slash defensive end room. Not enough jobs. And that, that believe me, I saw it today. There are Max Crosby led every drill, and he looked like he was Usain Bolt running through every pad and doing it all. Max Crosby, then Yannick Ngakwe, who was there. Again, he looks a little bit smaller than I thought, which isn't a bad thing. He just he's fast and he put on muscle mass and he looks to be in great shape. But I, I only saw him play one game in my career and his career. So it was interesting to look at him. And then Solomon Thomas and some of the bigger guys up front, and they just look like they're in great shape. I think that's what's interesting about the Raiders. The Raiders demand conditioning. And last year they had a big conditioning problem because of COVID. A lot of players were hurt or there was COVID protocol, and they played too many plays on defense. They played too many reps. So the defense got worn out. Now the defense has depth. And it's going to be a fight throughout camp. So we got a couple of more days of practice, and these guys disappear. Coaches take vacation. It's really a vacation. And then the NFL, you, know, you talk to coaches, where are you going? I'm going to the lake. Where are you going? I'm going back east to see my family. It's kind of a shutdown. And then the calendar picks up, and we get ready for training camp. And then it's balls out until after the playoffs or whenever the Raiders get eliminated. So it's good to be out there today. I haven't been at a practice I don't know, in a year and a half. Last year, I didn't go to one practice because of COVID protocol. And that's one of the cool perks that I have throughout my career is the ability to go to practice and go whenever I want and have the opportunity with that great staff to learn a little bit more about the team. So it was fun to be there today with teammates here on the radio, Ed Graney, Vinny Bonsignor, and just to see a bunch of coaches and people that were out there. The facility's gorgeous. And then when they were done with their drills on the field, they went inside to work out. Media wasn't available to go inside. The building is gorgeous, and everybody's happy. You know, the the really big thing that's important is that you got to understand all is good in the Raider Nation. There's no panic. There's no one in the Raider Nation that's worried. There's no one saying, oh, crap, we don't have enough players at this position. I've been telling you for weeks now, I don't know how good all these players are especially the new guys. Every position is full. Every position has been taken. Okay? I have the projected roster here. So if you want Kenyon Drake and Josh Jacobs, who you're going to hear from in a minute, and you look and wonder about Jalen Richard's future, Alec Ingold isn't going anywhere, the backfield set. You want to go tight end? One of the best tight end rooms in all of football. You want to go wide receiver? They brought in Brown and Sneed to play. 
along with Renfro, Edwards, and Ruggs. They didn't go after Julio Jones because they feel good there. Darren Waller is like a wide receiver. The offensive line, look, maybe there could be a surprise on the offensive line about maybe someone starting or not. But I think you're going to see Leatherwood at right tackle, Colt Miller at left tackle, who I didn't see out there today, by the way. And then the interior line is going to be tested, and Tom Cable is giving a master class in how to get an offensive line ready. And then I'm really excited about the defense. Put Max on one side, put Yannick on the other side, Cleland Farrell inside, Solomon Thomas, figure out who was going to be your second, third tackle behind Hankins, how good they're going to be. And get rid of the guys who don't know how to make plays. This is now a new era of Gus Bradley. All due respect to Paul Gunther, and you know I like Gunther. I was friends with him. We put him on the show a bunch. Bradley's an upgrade. Bradley's new. He has no loyalties to anybody. Nobody there he has any loyalties to. Okay? And he's looking at everybody saying the best guys play. Best guys play. I don't care who you are. He's not in love with the veteran. New guys are going to have a shot to play. And if you're not good enough for Gus, and he's up there every day in John Gruden's office with Mike Mayock, and they're playing film, and they're showing film, and one player takes half a playoff, that player is going to be moved out for someone who's hopefully just as good. That's my only takeaway from today. It is run at such a high level because of Gruden, Mayock, Marinelli, Cable, Bradley. When they break up into position groups, and all due respect to the other coaches who I like, Greg Olson, Johnny Morton on the offensive side, Miles on the defensive side who just came over, there are long-standing coaches who have been in this league a while. So you don't have to worry about the coaches needing to be coached up by Gruden. Gruden finally can step back and go, I got to spend more time with Edwards today. I got to spend more time sitting down with Kenyon Drake and watching the way he runs real routes. So Gruden can really doctor this up and get it going to a higher level. I think the biggest priority on this team, no doubt about it, is both safeties. The rest of the league looks around the Raiders and says, we are going to take you out over the top. You proved to nobody last year that you can cover deep. You proved to nobody that you can run with anybody, come up in the box, and, and if you get beat, you can recover. Okay? You're not good at any of that. Gus Bradley says, get me new players, and they did. And now Gus Bradley's saying everybody's going to compete. And only the best guys who can cover know their role, parts it's a plate, stay healthy, get out of the training room, are going to play. And then the development of Trayvon Mullen, the development of, I think, Damon Arnett is critical. Casey Hayward, he's your starter. If he's not starting, something bad happened. So he better be able to start and play. And then the linebackers, JT told you, <laughs> I told you I wanted Micah Parsons. I told you that. I was transparent. I said, go, go trade up and get Parsons, who ended up going to the Cowboys. Raiders were like, no, we're good. Morrow, Kwiatkowski, and Littleton. Okay, that's the decision they made. I'm on board with it. That's where they decided to go. And those guys better be most improved. You know that award, most improved? You know why I despise it in sports? It means because the year before, the guy was a bust. So when they say a basketball player, Julius Randle's the most improved player. Yeah, how'd that work in the playoffs? He got schooled. He acted like he never played before. So who's going to be the most improved player on this team? 
That's what I'm opening up the show with. I always got a great topic for you. Always do, and Bobby's liking this one. Who needs to be the most improved player on this team? 702-365-9200. I go first. My name, my show. It's got to be Littleton. Got to be Littleton at linebacker or the Raiders were duped. They were just duped if this guy comes in and this guy doesn't have the most improved year. If he can come in and play at a very high level, pro bowl level, borderline pro bowler, then the Raiders are going to be a vastly different team. Littleton has multiple responsibilities. One, he has to guard tight ends. Two, he has to tackle in space. Three, which he did great with the Rams, he's got to get behind the line of scrimmage and make a couple tackles. Right? And then, please, an interception, a tip ball where Abrams gets an interception. Littleton has to appear like a genie in the movie Aladdin. Littleton has to wake up and tell Gus, I got you, Gus. I'm the guy that I was supposed to be. Because if he's able to do that, then you brought in another player. You know, there's been a common theme around the Raiders for a while. You know, if we can wait for these second-year players to finally show up, and then you add them in with Yannick Ngakwe, Casey Hayward, then you get Littleton to show up after last year. You go, whoa, wait a second. We got Gus Bradley, Trayvon Merrick. Oh, Littleton didn't show up. He's back. He's playing great. We got Max Crosby. We got Clee Farrell, who's supposed to blossom. And then all of a sudden, Solomon Thomas turns out to be a beast the way he was drafted originally. Then you look around and go, hey, man, instead of having like two to three guys who could be really good, there's five to six guys who could be really good. So then the projected players who are supposed to grow up and mature and come into their own, then they can come in naturally. That would include Mullen, Arnett, Mary gets safety, Divine Diablo, Coons off the edge. You know, you bring in these little baby Raiders, these little toddler Raiders, one or two of them got to pop, right? One or two of them got to pop. And then the guys who have underachieved, if Gus can get two out of three of them to achieve, and then you look at Max Cleland, Yannick Ngakwe, and Casey Hayward, now you got a defense. Now on third and 11, you don't go, oh my God, they're just going to find, they're going to complete a 15 yard pass. There's going to be a new set of downs. You go, no, we're going to get off the field on third and 11. Card's going to get the ball back. And Card deserves that. Man, Carr had a lot to say today. Woo! We'll get to that next hour. Carr wants to be a Raider and claims he would play for no one else. Ooh, that is a bold statement by Derek Carr. So I want to know from you who wins most improved player in your mind this year. And maybe maybe it's someone I didn't mention. Maybe you think that Nick Witkowski is going to be the most improved player. Maybe you believe that Jonathan Abrams is going to be the most improved player. But I'm interested in hearing what the Raider Nation thinks because you fans know it. You fans want everybody to achieve here. But I'll tell you, as I was handed the roster today and I was sitting in the shade, it was getting to the end of the outdoor practice, and I started going through all the names and numbers. I said, this is a pretty good, this is a pretty good roster on both sides of the ball. For the members of the national media who are doom and gloom and think the Raiders suck and the Raiders are dysfunctional in the draft and they reach for everybody, remember those guys are never at practice like I was today. They're never there with Vinnie Bonsignor. They used to come to Napa, 
because they used to get a nice glass of wine in the lobby, and they used to like to be a nap and go out to a restaurant or two. No doubt Jay Glazer, Peter King, Sirius XM, NFL Radio, my teammates, are all going to eventually have an opportunity to come to a practice, but they're not going to see it the way the insiders, such as Vinny Bonsignor and Ed Graney, see it every day, and those are the guys you should trust. Okay, I think I have good access, but those guys go to practice every day. I can't. So we'll hear from them and Eddie Pascal coming up here in a little bit. I'm going to save some of the Golden Knights for later on this hour. I am so excited for this team. The way this team performed yesterday and what they did to take care of business was so bleeping professional. It's the way professional championship teams win. If you're going to win a championship, you have to do what they did in the Western Conference first game. Say, look, Montreal's got nothing to lose. They haven't given up a lead in how many, mo- how many weeks? They've clinched. They're rested more than us, and they just blew them out. They just t- tell Carey Price, we're putting the puck on net, and we're going to make the extra pass, and he couldn't get from side to side. The crowd was great. A lot of people freaking out because there was a beach ball bouncing around in the wave. Uh, well, again, I- I'd rather defend these fans. These fans have been great. These fans have been great for a long time. A uh, quick reminder, if you do see a ba- beach ball in the stands of a hockey game, pop it. The first second the idiot blows it up, just pop the beach ball because everyone in Canada looks at you and says, oh, what are they doing? So next time you see the beach ball or the, or the wife blowing it up next to the husband thinking it's cute, just, just go and pop it and don't worry about it. It'll be the right thing to do. 702-365-9200. Johnson in Arizona. Start us off. Hey, good morning, JT. I just wanted to give a quick comment on uh, last night's game, uh, VGK. Uh, mm-hmm. That was definitely epic. It uh, it made me feel a whole lot better about the uh, Stanley Cup. I'm new to hockey, and uh, it's official. I'm a fan of it. I'm going to go uh, later on this month to go get the uh, uh, Golden Knights tattoo, and it's official. Whoa, um, whoa, whoa, also, whoa. You're uh, going to get the tattoo? Well, you got to get I'm, Oh, I'm good. That's you, bold, man. Commit it. Commit it. I, I am sold. I am sold. I'm originally from Las Vegas, and I'm just not living there just yet. But it's a quick drive away. Nice. I, I just think it's it's fun. Have you been? I didn't catch what you said. Have you been to a game yet or no? I've been to several games, oh, but it's not a, a Golden Knights game. Yeah, well, you got to get to a Golden Knights game. It's a, just a game changer. It's like going to a Cirque du Soleil show, a rave, the the best bar, nightclub you've ever been to, and you watch a great hockey team. It's fantastic. you got to get to a game here. And we got a contest going on today, so make sure. Uh, matter of fact, we're going to put – we'll find a way to get you into it, but, Bobby, we will. The guy calls my show, I'll get him into the contest. And we'll try to find a way to see one if more, he can uh, win some tickets. Go ahead. Uh, one more quick thing. Uh, Shout-out to that Kansas City guy that called. It, it speaks a lot, uh, what he was doing in his free time. So I just want to shout-out to him. Uh, for calling in and uh, spending this time with us yesterday. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, I think the most improved player that needs to yeah. be is Derek Carr. Um, if we can see a lot more running, um, I think that he can uh, get us into the playoffs and uh, mm-hmm. maybe even give us a couple wins. Um, yeah. Other than that, uh, great show, and I uh, appreciate it. I'm going to up and listen. You got to appreciate it. I'm not going to put Derek Carr in the most improved category because he's very improved. He's a very good player. Uh, if Derek could get better with running the football, securing the football when the pocket breaks down, that's good by me, fine by me. But I love the production you get out of Derek Carr. The production with Waller last year and Aguilar was tremendous. 
Now Derek's got to get these other guys involved. And the most important guy to get involved is Ruggs. I mean, the chemistry with Carr and Ruggs has got to be next level, and I hope that it is. Who will be the most improved player? As I went to camp today, mini camp, and I gave you mine. I want to hear who you think should be most improved. 702-365-9200. Gangster Raider, Raider Nation Radio. Hey, what's up, JT? It's Gangster Raider checking in from L.A., and I'm just calling to let you know I feel real good right now about the Raider Nation, where we at. You know what I'm saying? We got Coach Flores and um, Woodson finna go into the Hall of Fame. You know what I'm saying? We got Gus Bradley over the defense now. We should have an improved defense. You know what I mean? It's time for um, certain people to step up and get off the pot, and we should have a good season now. You know what I mean? And I'm feeling real good about where we at. You know what I mean? And the person I think is going to step up is Cleve Farrell. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I think he's going to step up. He's going to motivate and anchor that defensive line. And I think he's going to lead the line in sacks, even over in Gakwe. Wow. You know what I'm saying? That's my prediction. And also, I think that um, we, we're in a good position right now as far as where we are because the players that haven't stepped up, that's, it's a, it's a prove, prove, um, sure prove year, and if they don't prove, you know, we got we got the, the people behind them to step up and replace them without having to take you know a whole rebuild or whatever. So I'm feeling good about where we at, and also um, being from LA, I'm kind of low key hating on your Golden Knights because I'm a Kings fan, right. and also you know at the Raiders, I want the Raiders to be the first team to win the championship in Vegas. So I'm low key rooting against the Knights. Because I just want the Raiders to be the first team to win the championship yeah. in Vegas. And I've had, you know what I mean? Yeah, thanks for the phone call. And I've had a, a couple of people come up to me and say that, that they want the Raiders to win first. Uh, life is too short. We're all not promised tomorrow. We just went through a major global and still are into a global pandemic. I want everybody to win as fast as they can. I don't think the Raiders are going to win the Super Bowl this year. I believe the Golden Knights can win the Stanley Cup, and no one's going to care if the Raiders win two years after that or a year and a half. Let's just get some championships in this town. Let's get some championships multiplying in this town. And Gangsta Raiders, cool because his Kings were the laughing stock of hockey for decades. Decades they were terrible. And eventually they won two very good teams, right? Jonathan Quick, Alec Martinez won two. He's a Golden Knight defenseman. Very good, and they waited. No need to wait. The, the, and if the Raiders... How come every home game you see at the Golden Knights as a Raider ringing the siren, turning the siren? Because the Golden Knights have a lot of respect for the Raiders and Mark Davis, Mark Bedane, everybody has a lot of respect for the Golden Knights. I mean, this isn't junior high school. Just win when you can. If you get, we don't have an NBA team in this town. I hope we don't have an MLB baseball team in this town. I don't think it'll work. You got UNLV, haven't won since Larry Johnson. The Aces, I'd like to see win for Mark Davis. My boss who bought that team, and they're good enough to win. Is anybody going to say that, too, eventually? Want to keep it fair? Is anybody going to say, I, I, I want to see the Raiders win before the Aces? Aces are a favorite to get it done. Let's just see some, let's see some trophies, some statues, and some flyovers and some parades in this town. Josh Jacobs met the media today after the first day of minicamp. Here's what he had to say. Vinny Bonsignor let it off. The Las Vegas Review Journal. Um... During OTAs, uh, were you just on your own doing your doing your own thing with the blessing of the uh, organization? And what did you do uh, in your time away from OTAs? Yeah, uh, I talked to coach before um, OTAs had started a couple months. Uh, my position coach and obviously the head coach and um, 
just talked about what the plan for me was and uh, what I had on my mind of what I wanted to do um, and what in the areas that I felt like I needed to improve on. Uh, and they, they gave me their blessing to allow me to be able to go do that. Um, trusted in me that I, when I came back that I'd be ready. So, yeah. Hey, Josh, Anthony with the Fresno B. First two seasons, you hit 1,000 uh, yards. Now you have Kenyon break in the backfield. Just how dangerous can you two be this season? Man, Kenyon, so I was I was fighting for the dude to get him over there um, when I found out that book was leaving. Um, and, man, I mean, I've been knowing Kenyon forever. Uh, came since since Alabama days. He used to come back and train with me all the time. I mean, I mean his game speaks for itself, man. He's very versatile. Play in slot, um, very good in um, open space, and he can take the top off. Uh, so, I mean, it's going to be a great addition. Hey, Josh, it's Deshaun Reed from The Athletic. Uh, coming off last season, what areas of your game did you identify that you wanted to improve on going into this next year? Uh, I, I feel like every area, honestly. Um, coming in, like, the offseason, the main things I've been working on was, like, balance work, core work. Um, burst, um, things like that, just to try to take my game to that next level. Um, and out here in practice today, I was running some, some receiver routes. Um, just try to do everything I can to uh, help this team. Hey, Josh, this is Vic from the Athletic. Uh, what was your reaction to the changes on the offensive line? And uh, you're looking forward to the new guys. How's that going so far for the new guys? Yeah, man, I mean, I'm like, on my team, when it first happened, I'm like, damn, what we doing? Um, and then when I seen the guys that they picked up and I watched the game film of each guy that the new guys that came and seeing them practicing, I was watching a couple of practice still on the iPad and things like that. And I was seeing them, how they was working. I was like, yeah, we're going to be nice. So it's time to come in and get them acclimated to our team and our our scheme and our system. Um, but I think the guys will do good. Josh Lee, BuffingRaiders.com. Is there anyone particularly that you've seen on the offensive line kind of leading to that question that's really impressed you or that you're really happy that, you know, they're going to get their moment, get their shine to really show what they're capable of doing? I mean, obviously, uh, Alex, because, I mean, I've just played with the guy for two years, and, I mean, you know what I'm saying, I know him, um, and I was just happy that he even got drafted here. Um, and just to hear his mentality um, coming in is what kind of impressed me on him. We just have couple of hour-long talks um, before he got drafted and just about what he wanted to do and uh, how he wanted to present himself and the, um, the, the task that he put on himself. Um, I'm, I'm interested to see how he live up to his expectations. Josh, uh, Adam, you're last Vegas Review General. You said you're going to plan for the offseason, what you want to work on, where you want to improve. What, what are some of those things and where are you in that progression? Uh, yeah, like I said, I want to do everything. I, um, Get more like even even body care, like you know what I'm saying. Get more flexibility, more um, you know what I'm saying. Some little things to work on, little different muscles and things like that. that I just want to improve on the overall health and things like that. So when I come in and when I get banged up, I have you know what I'm saying different um, aspects of things I want to work on. And I mean when I like I said I did balance work. Um, I did a, a lot of a lot of little things that I feel like I've been doing, but I just took it uh, up another step. You know what I'm saying? So. I would say this is the first offseason I really just put my head down and just really just was focused on one thing. And um, so it's been it's been a long journey, but it, it's going to pay off. 
Josh, Ed Graney from Review Journal. Last year you talked about the receptions you wanted and the amount you wanted. Now you have Kenyon. Uh, how do you add to that, or is that going to be his spot in terms of the receiver? How do you want to improve his receiver? Honestly, I'm just going to, whenever I get my chances, take my chances, you know what I'm saying, make the best out of my opportunities. I really don't, I'm not one of them guys, man, I really don't care for real. Like, if 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 he gets catches and he does good and the shit, we, we win, and that's all I really care about. Like, however it play out, it's however it play out. But I just know how when I get my chances, just make the most out of them. Okay, thank you, Josh. Appreciate it. All right, that was Josh Jacobs from earlier today. We'll have Derek Carr. was a little bit longer at the top of the hour, and I think you're definitely going to hear what Derek had to say. That was brought to you by Remy Martin, Team Up for Excellence. When we're talking X's and O's with Josh Jacobs, it's with a Remy cocktail in our hand at night on the weekend. Remy Martin, raise your cocktail game. You're going to be hearing a lot of Raiders now say, like Josh Jacobs, who played at Alabama, saying, I just want to win now. If Drake gets a couple more touches than normal and more receptions, less for me, I just want to win. I've been hearing that a lot, and I'm hearing it more this year from people in the organization. They are into winning at all costs, and hopefully this is the first step here at minicamp to get it done, and guys coming back. The attendance is mandatory for John Gruden. He wants to see everybody there, and a lot of guys were there and came back, which is good. When we come back to Golden Knights' victory and what it means for the series, what message does it say to Montreal? 702-365-9200. JT, Raider Nation Radio. We, we don't have that one line like like uh, Colorado has or, you know, like Edmonton has. We've always been, a, a, a you know, I use the, the phrase some of our parts all year. And, and I think when you look at our playoff scoring, we've gotten contributions from everybody. Peter DeBoer coming off the win last night. JT, back with you. Brought to you by SalmonAshLaw.com. If you get into an accident, use my team. Two for one with two great attorneys, Sam and Ashley, 702-820-1234. 24 hours, seven days a week, or go to salmonashlaw.com because you deserve what's right. So yesterday, as we were talking about this, and by the way, we have the contest going on again today where we're giving away a Golden Knights hat and a two-foot port-a-sub hat for the best Golden Knight call. That's it. Because, again, I can't open the lines to seven strangers to fight this isn't the stranger show. This is the JT the Brick show. So if you got a good Golden Knight call on how they're going to win this series and what to be concerned about, get online and we'll give you a, a, a brand new Golden Knights hat, which is pretty good. Maybe you'll throw it on the ice for the next hat trick, 702-365-9200. So I get a lot of my sports information from my friends. I'm on a bunch of texts with my buddies who go to games. And yesterday, my friends who gamble, we're all going to go in big on the Golden Knights. And I was reading the text thread, and I was saying, oh, no. Oh, no. They're all thinking it's a done deal. They're going to win. They're going to win. They wanted to parlay the over, which I'll get to, and for them to win. And they figured they'd win by one and a half goals. They'd win by two goals. But I thought that was a safe bet, too. I am not a believer in the over or under. Five and a half is where it's set for most games. And if you were betting the over in that game, the last four minutes, 
really ripped your gut out. But a lot of people I noticed were overconfident. So the key was Vegas scoring first with Shea Theodore, who I told you was the MVP last year of this team, very valuable. He's got to get going. He's a defenseman who can score, push the pace of the game, and he gets him on the board. From the draw, they score! It's a shot from Theodore out high. Vegas strikes first. First goal of the playoffs. It might have been tipped in front, we'll see. But Theodore ripped it from out high. Vegas takes a one nothing lead. Yeah, it wasn't tipped in front, which I was surprised. I think it was Stone in front there. But Theodore gets credit for the goal. And I wouldn't call it a soft goal, but I was very surprised Price gave up that goal. He's a really good goaltender, and he was just screened a little bit, and he just missed it, and he didn't get it. Flurry came to play early in this game, the entire game, only giving up a goal. He was sharp. Gallagher shoots straight on. Flurry flexes, sticks it to the far side. Now side of the net, it trickles in front. Flurry covers. He got the trapper there just before Brendan Gallagher. You can hear the crowd there. So there must have been a big deal for Montreal to hear that crowd go crazy. Alec Martinez is a warrior. He hasn't been at 100%. He wasn't practicing at full strength until, I think, yesterday, the day before. Yesterday he practiced, so he must be getting healthier and healthier. And another defensive goal yesterday. And they come at even strength. Left side, Carlson towards Smith. Extra pass, Kareem's in front. Theodore fakes, right wing shot. They score! Martinez! 2-0 Vegas. Love the fact that Martinez gets going. Caulfield had a goal in front of his mom and dad, which is really big there from his college years. And to play in Montreal and score a goal, that was fantastic. And then Yanmark, this goal was really important because a 2-1 game means that Montreal's got a great goalie. They can hang around late and win the game late. I thought this goal really sent a message that it was Vegas's night. Here's how Vegas pulled away from the avalanche. Now out in front, Tuck puts it toward the goal, and it's tipped in at the back door. Matthias Yenmark waiting for it at the left post. And the Knights lead 3-1, seven minutes to go second period. Yeah, that was really big. So we'll go to the final call as Vegas takes care of business. A very solid, big victory. Don't mess around. Don't blow home ice advantage. They're, the team is not as good as Vegas. Put them away early. Canadians through center, left to right, dumped in. Five seconds left. White Cloud behind his goal, steers it around. The crowd to its feet. The Knights win game one. The final score, Golden Knights 4, Canadians 1, and a lead in the Stanley Cup semifinals. All right, that's Dan Duva on the call. So a very good business-like performance. Was it a dominant performance? I don't think it was dominant. They got three goals from defensemen. That doesn't happen often. I, don't, I think that's the first time it's happened in the playoffs. So that was a very special night for them. That means all the goal scorers are fresh and ready to go. Peter DeBoer talked about VGK getting on the board first with that opening goal. Now, the first goal was huge. Um, and at the right time, too, in the first period for us, uh, you know, with how we were playing, gave us a little bit of a, uh, an opportunity to take a deep breath and kind of gather ourselves and, and find our game. Yeah, that was important. you got to start fast. You can't give Montreal the ability to think that they're going to win games in the Fortress. Can't happen. And finally, DeBoer happy with the defense that came up with the big game, the three goals, and good solid play. Uh, defensively, like I said, I, I thought in the second and third, up until they pulled the goalie with the four-minute mark, uh, I, I really like how we defended
So that's it. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk to Eddie Pascal, who's going to join us from the Raider facility. As we get ready, coming off uh, minicamp, the first day of minicamp, coming off a of media day. So we'll get into that. Brought to you by the Henderson Hyundai Superstore. They have the super deals you're looking for right on Boulder Highway in Henderson. Good time in the summer. Great deals, tremendous financing. Upgrade your vehicle from crossovers, award-winning Hyundais, luxury vehicles, all at the Henderson Hyundai Superstore. Yeah, absolutely. You got guys that you just signed like uh, Solomon Thomas, Quentin Jefferson. You got Max up here. You got a lot of defensive talent, defensive linemen that uh, we can just gel together and put, you know, the knowledge that we have as far as uh, playing a run and pass rush that we can kind of turn this thing around and make it real special and get over that hump. That's Yannick Ngakwe, who seems to be saying everything right. It's a good way for us to start our conversation with Eddie Pascal, who joins us inside Raiders Digital Podcast as an insider here. And, Eddie, good to see you earlier this morning. Let's jump in with Yannick, who was working out by himself to get ready to come back in here, and he looked apart, and he's saying everything that veteran Raiders who have played here in the past say. Yeah, and I think at this point, and it was fantastic to see you this morning, JT, in real life, which is a nice change for us, but... Uh, you're right. He's saying everything right. He's doing everything that he needs to do. And at this point in the season, as we approach, gosh, what is it, mid-June now, that's all you want. You want him to show up in shape, motivated, ready to go to work, with an understanding of the playbook. Obviously, he's going to learn that as we progress through the, you know, the rest of the offseason and training camp. But you just want him to, <clears throat> excuse me, to feel comfortable, to come in motivated. And from everything that we've heard, from hearing from Unique himself, from hearing from Max, the rest of those, the rest of those guys on the defensive line, he is motivated to come in here and put the best version of himself out in 2021. A big topic today from what we've seen, and we're going to replay Carr at the top of the hour, is Kenyon Drake coming in and giving Josh Jacobs a spell and the ability to stay fresh later on in the season. You know, in the history of this sport, no one really cared if Earl Campbell was fresh or Franco Harris or Marcus Allen. They didn't need. They just played and they showed up. But Josh is a little bit undersized, strong for his size, and if the Raiders are going to be productive on the back end of that schedule, they need to keep him fresh. What have you seen from Drake so far? Yeah, and I, mean, I think regardless of Josh's size, regardless of, of his you know, stature or anything, that this team is going to benefit with a healthy and fresh Josh Jacobs all through 2021. And you and I both know that the nature of the beast in the NFL, regardless if you're the biggest running back in history or not, is that you are going to get banged up. So you need someone who can come in, who can spell you, who can give you, you know, keep those legs as fresh as humanly possible. Because once we get to December, once we get to January, hopefully deep into January this year, there's no one in the NFL who has fresh legs. So what you want to do is you want to minimize the, the times that Josh gets hit. You want to maximize the time that he's on the field playing effectively. And I think Kenyon Drake is going to be a huge part of that. Uh, you heard Josh say today that, you know, once he found out uh, that Devontae Booker was not going to be returning to the Silver and Black, he started the recruiting process to get Kenyon Drake here. So the fact that Josh is on board with Kenyon being here, the fact that John Gruden is excited about what Kenyon can bring to this offense, I mean, I think it spells good things for this offense in general, but I'm really excited to see what, what you know, kind of coach and all he can do to possibly get these guys on the field at the same time. Eddie Pascal joins us, Raiders Insider, Raiders Digital, Raiders Podcast. Let's go to the offensive line. 
I spent a lot of time watching Leatherwood today because I wanted to see how fit he was. And I know it was just drills, but it was right in front of us with Coach Cable. And I just like the way he explodes off the line of scrimmage. Everybody expects him to be a better run blocker, which is what he did at Alabama, than a pass blocker because they had such an advantage over other teams. How much work does Cable have to do to get him set to be a pass blocker so he can get him in position to help out Carr? Well, I mean, the, the one good thing about the Raiders' situation on the offensive line is you have Tom Cable in the mix, right? Tom Cable, a former head coach, arguably one of the best, if not the best, offensive line coach in the NFL. So he's going to have, you know, a great project in, a project in Leatherwood to put him in position to keep Derek Carr safe. You know, you and I have talked a bunch to Lincoln, uh, talked a bunch to Lincoln Kennedy, and Lincoln is really excited about what this kid can bring to the table. So I think for now, for you know, as we kind of head into training camp, as we look into the regular season, I don't think anyone is expecting Alex Leatherwood to be a finished product come week one. I think that with like with him, like with any rookie, you're just hoping for that progression, that week after week, learning from your mistakes, tweaking this here, tightening that up, you know, kind of expanding your skill set. And I think that he's going to have a tremendous advocate in Tom Cable. I think that Tom Cable is the perfect guy to kind of get him from A to Z. And let's not forget this offensive line in general. When you look at it, you have Colton Miller, you have Richie Incognito, you have veterans on that line who know what it takes, who know what it takes to play at a high level. So I'm really excited to see kind of by osmosis uh, what this young rookie can kind of pick up over the next three, four, five months. Eddie Pascal is our guest. Eddie, it's interesting to me because the Niners shut down their minicamp, and so did Houston. It looks like the Niners got spooked with some early injuries here, and that's just not going to be the case with Coach Gruden. He only has a limited amount of time to get these guys on the field, and I'm just sensing from being there one day that conditioning's important to him, attendance is important, availability but it seems like people are reporting that it's just going to be a little bit more fun. It's going to be a little bit more relaxed because it's a longer season with one extra game. What are you seeing around the organization and this team as we start and embark on a lot of practices going into a long season? Well, I, I think you just see a lot of optimism, a lot of excitement, uh, a lot of eagerness to kind of return to football. And not only return to football, but a return to, you know, quote-unquote normal. And obviously we're going to have to see over the next couple of months what our normal looks like come the fall. But it does feel like we're kind of trending in the right direction of having a, you know, pseudo-normal regular season. And I think that there's so much excitement for, obviously, people in this building, for fans, for players. Like, hey, let's play football. Let's play a lot of football. Like you said, there's a 17th game this year. But I think that when you look at Coach Gruden and what's really important to him and the staff, and we talked about it a little bit at the top. Like I think at this por- at this portion of the year in mid June, you want guys to be in the building working, and you want them to stay healthy, right? You don't want anyone to get hurt. You want people to kind of you know take in the playbooks to be ready to really kind of gear up when we get back in five six weeks to hit the ground running. So I think from just being here every day, I think that's kind of my my major takeaway is that people are excited, we're optimistic. Uh, and obviously, we're going to have our nice little break in about a you know a few days here. Mm-hmm. We're gonna, all going to go on vacation and enjoy. But once we get back, it's time to go and, and to do 2021 the right way. Last one, I saw, you know, Carr, we're going to play that at the top of the hour. We already played Josh Jacobs. Good to see Brian Edwards involved today with the media and what happened because he's someone that everybody's expecting to have a breakout year. He's healthy. How does he look to you? And how do you think John Gruden can get him more touches in this offense? Well, I think he's going to get a lot of t- more touches, I should say, just simply based on the fact that he's a year more comfortable in the system. Right, he was a rookie last year, and we've all collectively talked about the challenges that rookies in general across the league had in 2020, coming into this really bizarre world type situation. 
So then he talked about this afternoon, or this morning, I should say. He goes, you know, just time on task with Derek is so important. Just having more comfort with him, with Derek trusting him more. And so I think you look at Brian Edwards, and if you're, you know, building out the, the list of guys that you really expect to take a major step forward in 2021, him and Henry Ruggs are at the top of that list. Excellent, Eddie. Thanks for the time today. Good seeing you. Yeah, we'll see you tomorrow. You got it. Eddie Pascal from the Raiders inside, big part of the digital team. And I got a lot of content up there today at Raiders.com. We got a lot of content to play here. When we come back, we're going to play Derek Carr at the top of the hour. He spoke for a while. So it's important to us. We could take these press conferences live because sometimes they drop into our window here. And I think it's more important to hear from the starting quarterback than it is for me to tell you what he said. I want you to hear it so Sit back and uh, grab a beverage. If you're in Vegas, get in the pool and turn it up or get inside with the air conditioning and get it rolling. My mother-in-law got in last night, and I'm a champion of my mother-in-law. I got a good mother-in-law. She got in highly delayed, delayed because Vegas is so hot to land in. They delayed her flight from the Midwest because of the heat. And I was looking online today that there's some problems over out at the airport with Southwest because they had a systems glitch. And the airport is a mess today because here it is. Nationwide Southwest Airlines system issues causing delays at McCarran. So that is going on right now as people are just starting to get back here to Vegas. And they're starting to come out here in full force. Was excited that the lineup came out for Virgin Hotels, some of their residencies. There's some more announcements coming up. A week from Thursday, opening of Resorts World, which I'm looking forward to going to. That will be one of the biggest events in the history of Vegas in regards to the most expensive casino of all time opening up. But this town, for the next three weeks or so, I'm not guaranteeing you the Knights are going to win every game. But I got to put my neck out there and think they can beat Montreal. Come on. I mean, Minnesota was better than Montreal. Colorado was much better than Montreal. So Montreal can be dangerous if they get a split. The one thing that the Golden Knights can't do, one, is give them any belief that they can win a game. They got to take them out of these games early. Bobby, I didn't like the penalties last night. I didn't like the penalties. You know, the only team that could really, the two things that screw this team up the most, three, not clearing the puck, not getting the puck out of the zone, not clearing out the traffic in front of Fleury. And then the other thing is penalties. They can't take penalties against Montreal and give them the ability to get back in the game. Again, like I said before, I think this was just a feel-out game for everybody, including yeah. the referees. So they were calling a lot of stuff. If you go back to the Minnesota series, they didn't call anything for six games. So I think this one here, they were just playing them out a little yeah, bit. Right. I, think, I think the penalty calls are going to decrease as the series goes on. I'm spending a lot of time on the NBA because the NBA is the biggest sport right now. It is bigger than the NHL playoffs, the NBA. I'm really rooting against Brooklyn. I'd like them to lose because of the way they constructed the team and the way that team blew off the regular season, they're in trouble now. Uh, looks like James Harden's doing everything he can to come back. So Harden is trying to come back at all costs. Kyrie Irving will be out for game five. So if Giannis can't win this game, we'll see. But sources today, the breaking news is that James Harden is doing everything he can to come back. If Harden comes back and he's 80, 90%, then I think they'll have a pretty good shot at winning. If he doesn't come back, I don't know how they'll be able to get it done. And you know what's in the headlines? ESPN headlines. Listen to this, everybody. The top three headlines at ESPN right now. Harden hopeful to return for game five. 
Aaron Rodgers jokes about his quiet offseason. And the third headline, Derek Carr would probably quit if the Raiders traded him. What? Quit? He's a young man, man. He's very good. And hopefully he doesn't have to worry about this and he's a Raider for life. We'll play the Derek Carr media session next.